Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Petards Podcast, the podcast with nothing much ado about aircrafts, but potentially everything to do with the first episodes of a filmic series. Disclaimer, petard is a word, a real word, and petards are bombs. Look it up and read your Shakespeare. I'm Mo, the master of pilots. And this is Jimbo, your anti-millennial existentialist Kenny of the podcast. And Drew is on vacation this week, so he will not be with us. He should be joining us next week for Batman Beyond. And listeners, we would like to thank Fitzgerald Engineering for this ad-free listening. If you would like to sponsor one of our shows so all your fellow hoisters can listen to ad-free podcasting, then contact us via our website or social media. Go, Drew. Way to relax. Join us today as we dive into the pilot episode of Law & Order Special Victims Unit. (laughs) So stay tuned to see if Law & Order SVU will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. And welcome back, Mo. Mo has been on a hiatus. We have, I have you know, been. I wasn't sure if she was AWOL or what, but she is back, you guys. She's she's in the flesh and all. It feels great. It feels great to be back. I missed I missed you, Jimbo and Drew. I can't wait to talk again and hoist shit or not hoist shit. And so, for new listeners or old listeners, we are we are kind of tweaking our format a bit. So please give us any and all feedback to help us improve the podcast you know let us know what we're doing well let us know what we can improve and you can give us that feedback all over the internet twitter instagram facebook or our website pilotsandpetards.com and so we're gonna kind of dive in so uh law and order svu is one of the longest running shows ever it's 19 seasons it's still running it's outlasted the original law and order which was canceled a few seasons ago or a few years ago it actually, the original Law & Order reached 20 seasons, yep. so it's going to surpass it eventually. Mo, did you have any background? I used to watch, I watch it just randomly. It's the kind of show that if it's knows, on... Knows an acceptable answer. <laughs> no, but I do watch it, but I don't watch it religiously. I don't watch it when it comes out. I've just watched it whenever it's on the TV randomly, but it's not my go-to now that I've converted to Netflix, Hulu, pretty much only in HBO. Uh, I don't necessarily go and just watch a an episode of SVU because it's not that light. But who doesn't love Olivia? And I forget all their names, but they're a great cast. How about you, Jobo? Yeah, this this was my first. I mean, I may have seen it like on the background when I was at someone's house before, but this this was uh, my first Law and Order. I don't think I've watched any of the Law Law and really? Orders. Yeah, it's not it's not really really my genre. Yeah, I guess it's just, I feel like it's always on TV. There's always reruns on. And then, it, I don't know, for me personally, I get roped in so quickly. I'm like, who did it? Who done it? All right, listeners. So we're we're going to hit you with a two-sentence summary. The special victims unit of the NYPD gets called to a murder. A gentleman has been stabbed 37 times. You find out he's not so gentle of a man. And so stick around to find out whether you should give a shit about what happens during this case. And he's also found with his dick cut off. That was a attention grabber. 
Yeah, and they never address it as, as a dick. They just kind of use some uh, sexual innuendos. Yeah, so they refer to it as a cigar. Oh, that's right. A flag and a unit. <laughs> so you can tell this is primetime television. Very, very, very respectable. Yeah, there was a lot of probably uh, censorship. What do you think, Mo? I thought it was a great law criminal drama. A lot of the scenes reminded me of The Shield and the highlights that we had for that episode, which were really portraying just the mundane tasks of being homicide investigator in the city of New York. Just all of those scenes eating the Chinese takeout and the donuts. And, and at the end, when they finally are able to convict the dude and the way they negotiate everything just right then and there, it doesn't even go to court. I, I It just felt very nonchalant almost, but riveting. And it captured my attention. I liked it a lot. How about you? I, I definitely compared it to uh, The Shield, but I didn't find the characters as compelling. And I definitely didn't didn't feel like it captured what, I mean, obviously I'm not a, I, I'm not a cop and I don't know really what it's like to be a cop, but I felt like it didn't quite capture what I think it's like to be a cop as well as The Shield did. And like the mundane work, I mean, I guess it was kind of there, but it just didn't really stand out. In the portrayal of just cops, like at work doing their job, it seemed like there was a lot of high profile type type cases going on. I think it was more kind of glamorizing being being a cop. I guess you're right. I guess I can see that to the extent where she's able to sympathize with the murderers, right? And in the real wor- world, would that really happen? Like, would those women be treated that way? Or even when they told the wife that her husband had been killed, the way they handled that? He like goes and plays with the kid and the kid's all reading to him. I thought it, it, it kind of glamorized and, and was more of like a fairy tale-ish story. But one thing I did like was, you know, you you got close to, to uh, Stabler and met his family in that in that episode. And you see how his job pulls him away from, from his family. He's there at like a, pe- a teacher conference and his daughter's not doing well on something in school. And his phone rings and he has to take it. And so that I thought that captured, you know, like the, you know, the tragedy of being a cop and a family man. That's so true. And even on Olivia's end, when she's like out to dinner with her mom and all she can talk about is her job and it's triggering for her mom, who's apparently a rape victim. And it sounded like she was the product of rape. Yes, definitely. Again, it's like the fine line between personal life and work life is... I mean, it's non-existent in, in the way these two cops live their lives. Yeah, that's a good point, Jimbo. Did you see any other high points? It was an interesting take on a murder and also touching upon sexual violence and assault and, and victimization. And Let's save the... Dangle. Um, you want to dangle those? Yeah, let's dangle those. As expected, having seen the show before, the the main character, Mariska Hargitay, I think is the actress's name. She's just such a badass. I just love her. She is a, a strong character. Spoiler, MVP yeah, territory. Obviously. <laughs> I just think she owns it and she's just great. But we can we'll talk about her in MVP then, it sounds like. That's kind of it it for me. Another spoiler. I didn't really love the show. Wasn't a huge fan of kind of the like the black and white portrayal of everything in the show. But I thought there was they left room for a big gray area. The whole 
concept of her trying to battle with whether she wants to criminalize those women because she sees them as victims and is also dealing with her own hatred towards men and rapists in particular. And so there is a gray area where you, as a watcher, as you, as a viewer, you can kind of grapple with your own morality. Like, would is it right for those women to have murdered him? Is it right for you know, her as a detective to want to protect them? You know, I thought there was some gray area there. The morality wasn't so black and white. I didn't see it see it as gray. I I felt the the way that it was written and and the way that it was shot. There really wasn't any gray area for me. Like you definitely feel like those women did the right thing. That's that's kind of the lens that I saw, you know, the whole show, the fact she has a kid, the other woman tries to kill herself. I mean, like all I mean, it was I think she succeeded in killing herself. She did. Yeah. She was Yeah, wild. so yeah, yeah, she didn't try. She she straight up did. Yeah. So I I didn't really see it as is as, as gray. Of course, Olivia was struggling with that because she's obviously going against her her duty as an officer, right? And then she gets her, and then she gets her get out of jail free card. <laughs> I know. I'm sure when when he said that, as if like she's never going to have more. I'm like, really? I mean, I haven't watched every single episode, but <laughs> I feel like there's going to be more of this situation going on later on. Yes, yeah, she's she's gonna pass go and and trade Baltic <laughs> for like a get out of jail free card or something. <laughs> no, totally. By the way, I, I guess I want to go back to that scene when that lady, the second murderer slash victim, stabbed herself in that restaurant. Like that was a savage scene. Yeah, <laughs> it was like I still didn't understand where she stabbed herself. I guess this again was twenty years ago. They couldn't be as violent as they are now on TV. That's definitely part of it. I mean, you could get an artery and bleed out really quick before before an ambulance could get there. It seemed like she stabbed herself in the leg, but maybe she got her like that b- big artery right there. Femor- femoral artery, I think it is. Yeah, that's a big one. It was just very 90s. It was very dramatic, but it was a savage scene. Like imagine being in a fucking restaurant and some lady like pulls. Also, like why were this... Why were the steak knives so large at that restaurant? Dude, that's a like machete was, steak like, knife, dude. What? Yeah. <laughs> like they were humongous. I'm just I it was a lot. I don't know if you, I can't even tell if that was a high or a low point because now it's like I'm like yeah, laughing. Because like, excuse me, can I get a butcher knife? <laughs> My fillet? Yeah. <laughs> it was so big. She went in, but and she yeah, knew that thing was massive. And she knew exactly like where her that artery was. It was just a lot of Shout out to Dexter, man. She had her Dexter knife <laughs> served because she knew that she knew that you know she knew the cops might roll up on her that day. Man, I know, but she but she didn't even pull it out of her purse. She got it off someone's table. She got off the table. I know. She told all the servers, make sure you you know you serve all Dexter knives today. I don't know. I, I might need one. <laughs> They're not taking me alive. <laughs> A more, I mean, yeah, that was very dramatic and convenient. I'll still I'll steal you the word you're starting to hate now. Convenient storytelling. Yeah. Hey, but without some convenient storytelling, you know, there's no story. So give them a, a slight pass. I guess I would have liked a little bit more of the the legal portion. Like the 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 person who's the defendant, I guess, in most of these cases, that actress, I don't know her name. But I forgot she was a big long standing part in this series until the very end when they were trying to negotiate the plea deal. I wish they, they, there was a little bit more of that part and not so much of the 
Yeah, they wrapped that up real quick. It was too quick. It was a lot of those twists and turns throughout the entire episode. Like, guy who was like, had eyeliner and lipstick on, like, he was a super irrelevant. It was like a dead end. And then there was like so many dead ends and twists and turns. And then it's like, what? Just wrap it. Wrap this shit up. And then it was kind of like a, you know, a couple cheap shots too. Like they called them the he, she, and like they couldn't tell if the person calling was a man or a woman. And, and then there was definitely some like gay jokes as well that didn't quite, you know, that didn't hold up as well. I have one more brief low point and then, and then we're going to move into Crabman Award. I think a lot of the acting of, of the, of the supporting characters was pretty weak. Like, like, so, like some of the people they interviewed. Especially especially the uh, beginning of the show. There's just a lot of weak acting. It was corny. It was just like very melodramatic. Like when the, the woman who got acid thrown in her face and she was told that her rapist was dead. It, it was a powerful scene in what was happening. But it was also kind of like this is overacting. It, it was just dramatic. And the rapist's wife. Yeah. Her her whole thing was was a bit too much and it didn't it didn't hit well. Exactly. That's true. That definitely made the first part of the show suffer a bit. And then there was some strong acting. You know, the second half had had some strong acting. I think both of the actual murders were good. Yeah, were solid. I, again, though, that scene when, when the second murderer stabbed herself was a pretty... I think the acting was pretty bad. I mean, but she was okay. I, I felt besides, you know, lead, like leading up to that. And they were both so obviously guilty. <laughs> If they were trying to act not guilty, I, what, what was the scene they were trying to, like, what was the, the energy they were summoning as actors? I am pretending to not be guilty, but I know I'm guilty, so I'm going to act guilty, but I'm pretending not to be guilty. It's like, I think they were confused. <laughs> so obvious. All right, listeners. So now, so now let's jump in to our Crab Man Award. Hey, Crab Man. And I think I think we're both stepping on the same thing here, dude. Homeboy at the beginning when Stabler has to go to court and like dude gets all pissed off, stands up, whips it out in the middle of court and just does like the helicopter dance. <laughs> and he's like, shortcomings, I'll show you. And then yep. just uns- I couldn't. Why? Was that even related to the case? No. That was like a side plot to get Stabler away from Olivia so she could sympathize with the victims by herself. It was a cheap attempt at a laugh, but it won that dude a crab man. I... <laughs> yeah, homeboy lost his cool, man. He's very proud of himself. Oh, that was a lot. And he let it hang. <laughs> it was just so slick. And he was the only crab man. And like the best part about it is there was like a <laughs> Someone in the jury's head covering his crotch area when he's doing his little dance. <laughs> like the way it was shot. Yep. The way it was shot. He's dancing around and someone's head is always blocking him every yeah, single time. It, it was, was perfect. Oh, that so, yeah, was dude, funny. Hella crab, man. I, you know, I wish I remember that dude's name. We'll just call him the shortcoming. Yeah. And Stabler did a great job at doing at like mentally winning at that. Oh, yeah. Because he knew exactly what he was doing to that guy. Yep. He was so weird. I think I was like kind of half paying attention to in that scene. And then all of a sudden it was happening. And I'm like, what the fuck? This guy's nuts. He just whipped his dick out in court. That can't work out well for you. No, yeah, that's that's never going to end well. <laughs> for a second, I had to rewind it. I thought it was the lawyer, like his lawyer doing it. 
No, his lawyer is probably, oh my God, dude, that guy <laughs> might have had the case on his side. <laughs> Imagine your client just doing that, like how you can never come back from that. Your reputation as a lawyer is cut. There's just no way. Yeah, he was a tough, solid crab Tough man. break, man. Tough break for that lawyer. Poor bastard. <laughs> Do we want to explain what a crab man is, by the way, for our new listeners? Now the uh, okay for any new listeners that are still listening, um, the crab man goes to a character that is not a regular, usually a very small role that gives way more than they take. Our uh, shortcomings criminal, he gave way more than he took. Yeah, he really did. He probably had a and, whole like one minute. He had a whole minute, probably less than that. On less than that, yep. In the episode, but. And like he looked like a creep too. Like you could tell like the like this dude's a creeper. He was wearing like I just saw like silky red t shirt, like a silk red shirt or some shit. He looked kind of like a porn wannabe porn star the way he was dressed. But again, it was the nineties. Maybe that was in yep. back then. Hey, the guy's a crab man now. You know? <laughs> Solid. All right. So we will move on now to our MVP. And so for new listeners, this is the most valuable part of the pilot. It could be anything from a character, a actor, someone behind the scenes. It could be one specific scene. I know where I'm going, and it's Olivia. She she was my MVP. Very strong woman character. Also, it's nice to see someone that's you know a cop and has to deal in that environment and how they kind of keep their morals and ethics, which is which I think is very difficult to do when you're in that type of uh, community. She kept it very human and very relatable. I feel like in a lot of cop shows, sometimes when you see the way they're they're responding to these kind of horrific scenes, they're very callous, which even in the first scene, you, you do get that sense, like they're seeing a dead body with that's been mutilated. And they kind of just are like, hmm, interesting. His dick was cut off. Okay, casual, you know, but so it does start off that way. But then she evolves. All of her layers evolve and you see that she's actually human and super into women's rights and, and vic- like women's victims' rights, I guess I should say. You see how actually it does affect her and it's not she's not so calloused and desensitized to the probably... I couldn't even imagine having that, doing that shit for a living. And Olivia just does it, even though she, like, she threw up in one scene after seeing that rape victim with her eyes all blurred out. Did uh, she throw up or was she just like crying? I mean, I had the subtitles on and it said Olivia retching. Ah, <laughs> so she was throwing up from probably feeling sick to her stomach at what that woman probably went through. And then, of course, Stabler, what did he say? There's no crying in baseball. Yeah, yeah. He like, made the Tom, the, the Tom Hanks reference. <laughs> I thought that was cool because that like that captures what it's like to be a cop. No, I know. I'm sure as her partner, right? He's like, yeah, he was being really great at dealing with. Her being, I mean, she was a wild card for a second and he didn't know what she was going to do, but he trusted in her. She did a great job of balancing her, her duty with her, with her morals and ethics to get back to that because she does go through with arresting both women. She, she even goes through with like playing, playing them when they know, like the guy straight up said he couldn't identify the women. And so they use that against them because that's what Stabler wanted to do. He's 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 obviously the higher ranking of of the two. Yeah. You know, she does her duty both as a feminist and as a police officer. Yeah, she she's just a great actress too and she portrays that character so well. She could kick my ass for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. It wouldn't even be close. <laughs> 
be sad, dude. Just... <laughs> I, I would want her on my side in a fight for sure. All right, so it, lo- it looks like we have a unanimous MVP. And you know what? The women, the women are the strongest MVPs. It seems like whenever there's a really strong woman character, she usually she usually holds up and and takes that MVP down. Did you did you see who was who are the writers for this show? Because usually it's also backed up with a female writer, which doubles. I don't think there was any female writers. I know it was directed by a dude. Yeah, so Dick Wolf is the creator, and he's the writer. He's the same guy that did Law and Order. Yeah, no, this is this is men writers, but they did a good job on this one. Yeah, looks like a very male centric show, man. All all around, dudes. I'm not seeing any women anywhere behind the scenes in this one so that's so that's an additional low point as well yeah i wonder if it has anything to do with it being 20 years ago yeah i mean that's that's definitely has to probably plays at least some part little little representation side note there yeah very male-centric show also um primarily white as well i can't wait they get ice spoiler ice tea joins the cast later i thought he was gonna be in this one but he obviously wasn't. No, he joins. I don't know when. A, a kind of a while later. So now we're going to move into the moment before the moment you've all been waiting for. And this is where we're going to tell you whether we are going to continue to watch this series based off of watching the pilot. And I, I'm not. I just don't care. All right. Fair enough. Mo? Um, I probably won't pick an episode to watch on Hulu. If it's on a shitty flight I'm taking somewhere and they only have SVU reruns, <laughs> that's probably the context I'll be watching it in next. I'm going to just call that a no. Okay, fine. Yeah, that sounds like a no. Yeah, but I have plenty of friends who love this show and actively, like, whenever they don't know what to watch, they'll just throw on an SVU. Yeah, it's it's got a, it seems like it has a pretty decent following. I mean, it's been on for 19 years. It's going strong. I w- I would say part of it has to do with just me not liking the genre. Yeah, fair enough. If you I don't like, like crime solving. But did we skip dangling threads? No, it, we moved it to the end. You did. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. All right. All right. So now listeners, the moment you've all been waiting for to hoist or not to hoist. That is the question. And for the new hoisters listening in today, this is where we cast our judgment and tell you whether this pilot was good or bad. So, Mo, what was it? I'm not hoisting it. I think that this was a solid pilot. It stays true to police work, to crime work, to is crime work even worse? It is now. <laughs> I made it up. And I mean, I'm trying to only see it as a standalone, but. It was good. It's captivating in every single episode of this this series is a standalone episode. So it's hard to judge it just on the first one because they're all kind of like that. Yeah, it's a very episodic series. Exactly. It doesn't really build on itself for the most part. So no, I'm not hoisting it. I liked it. I like crime. Listeners, I'm hoisting. It was a very, very slow start for me. Um, Poor acting at the very beginning. And to be honest, I would not have finished that pilot had I not needed to to talk about it. So I'm going to have to hoist it. Although I do think it had a, a strong second half, but it wasn't strong enough to make up for what I felt like a very weak Fair first enough. half. So right now we, we have a we have a pending split decision here. So we will wait for, for Drew to weigh in. Oh, that's right. 
we'll see what our official judgment is, whether it's a hoist or a not hoist. Let's dangle first. All right. And then we can come back to the list. Yeah, that's good. I will say, so I'm I'm a little biased too. Someone sent me a, a link to like best TV pilots of all time. Law and Order was on there. Law and Order or Law and Order SVU. A Law and Order SVU. And now listeners, we're moving on to our Stormy Daniels dangling thread. Uh, so yeah, like I was saying, someone sent me a list of the best pilot episodes. And a lot of the ones we've reviewed are up there. Uh, Glee was up there, though, which we hoisted. Or you all hoisted. Split decision. It was a split decision hoist. It was a not hoist by split decision. We're we're pending a, a Mo rewatch. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm not going to hoist it. I remember really liking that show. But just because you really like a show doesn't mean the pilot's good. I know, but I wouldn't have kept. I don't think I would have kept watching it if the pilot was that bad. It depends on it depends on when you're watching with a critical eye or not. But fair enough. Well, you know, Drew and I started watching that shit in Peace Corps, so it was slim pickings. So did I. You hoisted it even in Peace Corps. No, I watched the whole first season. I really liked it, but the oh. pilot sucked. We have at least two dangling threads, so let's so let's save the big one. For a second, I think it's interesting in the fact that you have a special victims unit, which is specifically for mostly sex crimes and sex victims, and and uh, and there's only a couple women on that on that unit. So I mean, I know that being a cop is is a primarily male profession, and it's probably getting better. But I would love to see a lot more women on this special victims unit. Because I think having a bunch of guys that maybe don't empathize as much with the victims or or having just more of a, a male bias is probably not the best thing for a special victims unit. That's a that's a really good point. But I really do think that that's the case in a lot of situations. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really common that in a lot of homicide work and all those I mean, in, in that field in general, it's just super male dominant, which is why our MVP is even more impressive and badass because she's probably, she probably had to work really hard to get to where she is and to establish herself as a, as a detective in that unit. I mean, even her own mom is telling her to, can't you find another work? Do you really have to work there? Yeah. And she's, and she's the product of a rape. So it's personal. So, I mean, as like a character in storytelling, yeah, like she definitely is personally invested in what she does every day. I guess in this case, um, the victim was a man, but it it kind of plot. It was like a plot twist where the victims were also the the murderers and the women. I imagine being a, a female detective in that setting and seeing women being in, put in those circumstances and murdered like that on the regular would be really hard because it's such a reality being a woman. Like it's so real that you can just be raped and murdered at any fucking moment. It's real. You know, within the last two years since since I moved moved to New Jersey, there was a woman that usually goes jogging with with her father, and then one morning she went jogging by herself, and like it was just brutally raped and killed right on the running trail. Really? That yeah, it was like probably about two years ago, but it was just like, damn, dude, like how like I mean, and granted, that's not gonna happen. Every time you go running. No, no, but it's But it common. happens, man. Yeah, and it's right there in New York City. It's on a common running path that a lot of people use. You know, the That's the crazy. people that did it were probably some sort of junkies or mentally ill. And she had nothing. She's running. She, you know, like there's nothing to gain. 
Right. It's just psychotic. You're insane. That's so crazy. Was it in Central Park? I, it wasn't in Central Park, but it was, you know, it was maybe New York's full of running, you know, like trails. It was yeah. off of one of those trails and it was right by their house. Shit. And it's also scary to think that, I mean, her dad was probably not that much like that strong, but just having a man with you would somehow like scare off potential predators like that. Yeah. Even just having a second person too. That's fucking scary. I definitely walk around with pepper spray here. Or like imagine her dad, like imagine if the dad just wasn't feeling good that day or was running late or, you know, something like that. And he didn't run with her. Terrible. I thought of this after we passed our high points, but I did think it was cool to see this stuff like unfolding in a city like New York. Like that I so related to that lady, the waitress, when they told her that that guy that you see every night at midnight was murdered last night. And she's like, fuck this city. And I'm like, wait, girl, relatable. Like this place gets to you sometimes. And I'm sure being a waitress like that was um must not be easy. Twenty four seven. Yeah, and that's and that's like another like a double life too. Like this dude is liked by the keep by the people he works with and the waitress that sees him every single night is really upset when she finds out he he's been murdered right and even that Sikh the Sikh guy his like fellow cab driver friend that's nuts wait I'm going off topic now I liked the scene with the with the waitress though and the way she was asking for those orders like a true diner waitress did you pick up on that no I, I missed that one she's like give me the fried hash with a pair of eyes Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Hash brown with like two sunny side up eggs. I don't know. That was like a little lighthearted. I like that part. She said, I don't even know. She was using all kinds of lingo. But again, that's really good writing because you have to do a lot of research to make sure you present like a diner waitress. You don't have to do that much research. You got to go sit close to the cooks (laughs) one morning. Come on, Mo. I mean, some people don't even go that far into their writing. Or maybe the writer used to be a diner waiter or waitress server. That guy walks his ass down to the... He probably lives in New York or something. Or at least he did. And he probably walks down and eats at the diner and, like, every listens. morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. But anyway, getting back to depressing sexual violence. And this is a topic that Olivia as a character really develops into throughout this series. Just grappling and dealing with having to watch that and be having it hit so close to home. But she gets so strong and badass that it's like, she's almost like she becomes a superhero. Stabler's like her little sidekick. And I love that. At least in the episodes I've seen. I haven't seen them all. That's kind of what I mostly wanted to touch on. And listeners, if you have any opinions that, that we didn't quite bring out, or if you have anything to add, you can go to our website. You can leave a comment. You can um, tweet us, all that. We we would uh, more than enjoy maybe continuing some of these conversations Especially when it comes to, you know, women's rights and victims being able to seek justice and some representation, man. Women, some some strong young ladies, go out there and become special victim units, officers and sergeants. I know, right? That would be badass. I couldn't do it. I'd be barfing all the time. I'd be just like Olivia, but barf, but all the time. I couldn't see dead bodies every day. You'd probably get used to it. Do you want to get, would you want to get used to that though? Uh, I don't know if you want to, Pro- probably not. Yeah. You know, we, we could uh, may- maybe dang- dangle this out as well and following your duty, b- bouncing back to that. Like, like how much, how much discomfort or depression should one go through 
in order to to fulfill like the duty that they place upon themselves go shit that's hard because i don't know i guess part of part of that part of committing to a lifestyle that is police work there is this weird obsession with duty and with answering to your what's like what's the like the chain of command right yeah and like buying in too what, what do you mean buying in I mean, I mean, you you have to buy in to what to what the goal is, mm-hmm. to what you're doing. Like, if you if you don't believe in the in the justice system, it's gonna be very difficult to be a cop. Right. I don't know. That's tough. I have some family members that are, uh, you know, involved in law enforcement, but there's like a like an unwritten rule. In fact, there there's a documentary that um um I'll add to our Patardar. And it's called the Seven Five, and it's about the seventy fifth precinct in New York City. And like they talk about this, and a cousin of my, a cousin of mine has also talked about this. But when you first start your first day of work, like the first thing they teach you is that like you don't sell out cops. Like you know, like like if if you see a cop doing something, like you keep your mouth shut. Really? Yeah, like that's like common knowledge. Like it could be breaking more like now. But back in the day, like this is like this is the way it is for Olivia to be kind of going against maybe what the cops are supposed to do is kind of a big deal. And for like her to get that get out of jail free card. Mm -hmm. I mean, she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't really do anything like, I guess, antagonistic, but she's definitely not doing what what she's supposed to be doing. Like, that's very clear that she's not going about this the right way. Like she's kind of being lazy, like intentionally lazy. Why? But why is she being lazy? Well, okay. Well, I guess she's not being lazy. She's she's just being dishonest. She says, "Oh, the girl, the girl didn't do it," and he's like, "Why not?" And she's like, "Oh, she said she's at work. No right. one was with her. You know, she's got she's got an empty uh, alibi." Yeah, she's not a good liar. <laughs> she wasn't actually being lazy, but she was she was kind of playing the role as like a lazy cop or just. But of course, her of course her partner knows better. Right, he sees right through her. I did appreciate yeah. that he just he kind of let her think she was getting away with it but he knew she'd come around and do the right thing yeah it seemed it seemed like there was a compromise like like they didn't talk about it but it seemed that there was a compromise i mean the 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 remaining victim murderer got off pretty easy yeah 18 months She's getting 18 months and it wasn't even a jail it's in like a psychiatric or you know whatever they said it was yeah so so she's she's getting a soft sentence which as as a viewer i'm completely okay with and even stabler kind of had a moment where he felt sympathetic for for the victim remember when olivia said oh she said something to you didn't she they both i think are on the same plane as far as meeting in the middle with their ethics and what their duty calls them to do which is where i think i would land I, i i think it would be really hard for me to just pretend like i wasn't seeing an injustice happening like dirty cops. I couldn't do I couldn't just keep my mouth shut. That would be so hard. That would be difficult for me now. I think when I was younger and dumber, it would have been really easy. Yeah, that's I mean, yeah, that's true for most things, right? We're just we're easily brainwashed when we're that when we're younger. <laughs> Even just a, you know, a little personal story here. I I uh, remember transporting Mm, I, host, uh, I guess they weren't hostages, but uh, tra- transporting people that were detained in uh, Iraq, they had like bags over, over their head and the guys are like pissing and crying all over themselves. And we all thought oh it was gosh. funny. 
And we thought that, you know, we just assumed that they were guilty of whatever we thought they were guilty of. And like looking back now, it's uh-huh. like, dude, that's really messed up because, you know, those those guys were not treated well. Granted, some of them maybe shouldn't have been treated well, but like that that wasn't our job. Like like I you know yeah. specifically remember some some guys that were like laughing near near a explosive you know that went off and so so they got detained. Now Grant just just cuz you were nearby and laughing doesn't mean that you were involved in the actual explosive. And those you know those right. guys were probably roughed up a bit and they were definitely you know under intense probably interrogation. But when but you become do you think that's more of getting desensitized or are you just being kind of like group group think and brainwashed in a way both just being around dudes all the time and being in the military and growing up in that culture like you know like maturing in that culture you just kind of it definitely takes a while to to unbrainwash yourself and like a lot of cops join at a young age and so it's really easy to just this is the way it is and kind of conform to what to whatever it is they're telling you I've heard a lot of other crazy stories about cop trainings and one in particular, and I don't remember who told me this, but cops are fed the story that if you see like a, a person of color driving a fan, a nice car, then they're likely a drug dealer and you should pull them over. I I would believe that. I can't remember who it was that told me, but, but yeah, like I think that that was from someone that was in LAPD. It's like, you should be told. Like the, and it doesn't make sense that that a, a person of color would have a, a brand new car. So yeah, and it probably leads to a lot of false accusations. That was like my worst fear. We, I was talking about that yesterday, but it would be so scary to be accused of something you didn't do. I would rather be accused of something I didn't do than something I did do. <laughs> what? Would you rather have done it? Yeah. Oh really? Because <laughs> then at least you, when you when you have to serve the time, it's like a a sense of penance. Okay. But if you didn't do it and you're sitting there suffering if over something you didn't do, come on, that's way more torturous. Yeah, and I'm also white. <laughs> yeah. Another personal story. So, in college, when I was a super drunk, we were leaving <laughs> one, one of the bars. I'm pretty sure we got kicked out. My my one friend got kicked out. And so he he was a few steps ahead of us, you know, as we paid for the bill and left. And he he knocked over maybe multiple like giant vases that had like flowers like right right downtown. And he knocked over a bunch of them. They cracked and like soils all all over the sidewalk and the plants were just Oh sh. And so a couple blocks later these cops, you know, we were walking, but but uh, these cops stop us. And then my stupid friend and I I'm drunk and he's like, "Dude, just, you know, just just don't say anything. Be yeah. Cool. And so I, I don't say anything and he's lying and, and I join in on the lie. And then the guy, so, so the cops give all three of us tickets because someone, someone identified us. Oh shit. And then, so, <laughs> and then eventually we go, you know, we go to court and I tell my friend over the course of, you know, like months, I'm like, dude, tell him you did it. Or I am like, dude, I'm not like, I'm not taking, I'm not sharing your ticket with you. And so, and so my friend was, was telling me to like take a plea or something. It it was, it was like, I can't even remember the charge. It it was a misdemeanor. Was it a drunken disorderly? No, no, no. It was like, it was like vandalism. Vandalism. Okay. Okay. Something against private property. Okay. But I went, I went to the court 
and they came up and they asked how I pleaded and I said, not guilty. And they said, all right, leave. And I just left and like, it was nothing like the, you know, none, none of the cops showed up. It was oh what no big deal. I mean, I didn't deserve that ticket. Right. But your friend got away with it too. No, he actually paid. Oh, he, did he plead guilty? They offered, I think they offered us something less if we just accepted it or something like that. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah. But I was like, hell no, That's dude. Stupid. I ain't, I ain't sharing your, your, your dumbass award. Although. You think this friend is listening to us right no, now? No, definitely not. I was going to say, do you have anything you want to tell him now? No. <laughs> nope. Yeah. It's all been said. Now, granted, I definitely deserved a few of those dumbass awards that I never got caught for, but I'm not going to volunteer. <laughs> you know, statue, statue of statue of limitations for show. <laughs> plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. All right, we've dangled. And now, listeners, our quest for the best. This is the section of the show where we are going to place law and order svu into our running list of worst and best pilots ever what do you think and mo i'm i mean obviously Mm. i i hoisted it i'm i'm seeing it lower on the list for show what's what would you compare it to that we've watched recently what's above married with children above married with children oh i'm thinking below man we have above we have like rick and morty I would put it in between Rick and Morty and Married with Children or between Married with Children and whatever is below it. Okay. How about Freaks and Geeks? How would how how would you say it's better than Freaks and Geeks? Mm. In Dawson's Creek? It's better than Dawson's Creek. Okay. Better than Freaks and Geeks? Yeah. Better than Boy Meets World or The Crown? Mm. No. Yeah. So I think it should go below Married with Children. Okay. Yeah, I, that feels right. And then I could I could see it being, I actually would put it above Freaks and Geeks, or like right there. Like I could like I would be fine with it going below Freaks and Geeks as well, but I could see it right right there with Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, I like that. You want to put it above Freaks and Geeks, below Married with Children? Yeah. Okay. And if Drew has any real issues with that, then we can um, switch it. Okay. So join us next week. Drew should be back. It should be, you know, you know, the crew should be back together next week for Batman Beyond. We might even get a guest with us if we can work that out. And then, Mo, you want to hit them with our plugs? I don't know our Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah, find us on Twitter. It's, you know, Pilots we're very easy to find. Yeah, just search us up. <laughs> and on Instagram, I've been really bad at updating our instagram and posting when our new episodes are. yeah up. avoid avoid the instagram all right twitter's better stick twitter's to twitter better. or the website pilotsandpetards.com continue the follow our blog and you can participate in the pre-recording discussion which we don't have much fans interested in that they might it might disappear so be involved we we want to be the podcast you want to hear in the world yeah give us feedback <laughs> All right, so ladies and gentlemen, if you can't tell by the music, the show is officially over. But if you love us as much as we love us, we're going to stick around for a couple more minutes. And I I do have a story to share. Ooh. Dun, 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 dun. Almost. It's almost that <laughs> tune. So for those of you that don't know, 
I got married last weekend. Woohoo! There were some obstacles I had to get through before I could get married. Mm. <laughs> so originally it was supposed to be a courthouse wedding. And then towards the last minute, maybe two weeks before, Miss Nomalus's parents, Mr. and Mrs. Nomalus, decided that they really wanted us to get married in their church. Their uncle is a pastor of that church. So we had to meet with him, which I thought we were just meeting with him to go over the process of the wedding. Well, we get there and the Nomalus's speak a different language than me. So I was just sitting there listening as, as they were discussing and I and I didn't realize this but we were in the middle of a marriage lesson. Oh. And this is a very Christian marriage lesson to the extent that marriage is one man and one woman. Oh. You know, and it, you know, he read a few Bible verses and he explained to us what it means to be married and then he you know, he preached to us a little bit. Wait, in another language? Yeah, this is not in English. So I'm I'm bare, okay. you know, Helen Helen paraphrases like two minutes of talking in one sentence every once in a while. And then he did read and then he did read a couple of the verses in English for me as well. Wow. So you learned did you learn anything? I didn't learn anything new. Okay. <laughs> Alright. So, but like all good teachers, he finishes the lesson with a with a test. Mm which I was unprepared for. I, I, you know, I didn't study the test. I wasn't prepared for a test. So he, he kind of starts questioning me and he asks if I, if I believe in Jesus and I say, no, mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, okay. And he kind of thinks about it. And he's like, well, do you accept Jesus as your savior? And I say, no. And then, you know, he reads me a few more Bible verses <laughs> And he's like, how about now? And I was like, no. Nope. And so this kind of goes on for like a little bit. Right. And then um, <laughs> and then he reads me another one. And then and then I tell him, I'm like, I'm like, I understand the text. I don't I don't believe. Uh-huh. And, then, you know, I try and explain to him that I'm a materialist. I don't believe in souls. And, you know, what? so I'm just digging myself a deeper and deeper hole. Right. Finally, you know, he puts his stuff away and he tells Helen he doesn't feel comfortable marrying a Christian with a non-Christian. Helen passed all the tests. She, she gave him the correct answers. Right. Which I, which I didn't realize was going to happen. Oh. And then, so after this all happens, okay, so now the wedding is potentially possibly off. This is, this like, is like two, two weeks days. before we're supposed to... No, no, Wasn't no. Wasn't it this, soon? This, this was like... Yeah, it was like maybe 10 days before we were supposed to get married or something. <laughs> yeah, so like I failed the test. All right. But we had dinner plans with them afterwards. So like Ooh, all this goes awkward. on for like an hour. And then we go and have dinner together. And it's... Yeah, dude. So awkward. awkward. Finally, before we leave, he does tell Helen that he's willing to give me a second try next week. And, and, you know, he, he he's, he's going to pray for me. And as long as I just say yes to all the questions that he believes that the, that the, uh, the heart will follow the mouth. All right. The day before my wedding, you know, we went back, we did it again. We went for dinner this time. It went a little different. We went, you know, we went to the room after dinner. Okay. And then this time he, he just told us the whole process of the wedding and I'm thinking like, oh, cool. Like maybe he changed his mind. Like we don't have to do this. And then at the very <laughs> end, he tells me to sit down and he, he grabs my hand and, you know, he like puts his forehead against mine and, he, oh, and we, wow. we do a little shared prayer and I, and I accept Jesus. Wow. And so, do you feel rejuvenated? 
I've officially joined the cult. You know, I've, I've been kind of pressured and, and tricked into it, but the Lord works in mysterious ways. Hallelujah. You've been saved. If I do get hit by a car and die tomorrow, at least I'll get to go to heaven now that I've accepted Jesus. <laughs> Did you have a heart to heart with Miss Nomalous and she was just like, just say fucking yes. <laughs> Not quite. She was more like, didn't want to pressure me into it. She thought it was kind of messed up. Right. And then her parents, you know, getting back to duty, her parents are just like, suck it up, you know, like <laughs> straight up. Yeah. And so, you know, the, whatever the wedding, the wedding wasn't for me. The wedding was mostly for her parents. We were originally going to do like a reception in, in September uh-huh. and just get married in a courthouse. It went okay. I'm not, I'm not upset about anything. I mean, it sounded nice. I'm sad that I wasn't able to go. Or that I chose not to drag my ass to Jersey. <laughs> well, it's something you got to live with now, Mo. I know. I hope you forgive me. But if you're a true Christian, you will forgive me. Yep. I forgive you. <laughs> oh, boy. I guess right. it's true. Jimbo, you got to go to bed, right? That was my shop talk. Yep. That was... That's a very great shop talk i'm glad nice. I, i've been dying to hear the details of yeah drew hasn't heard it so drew's gonna have to listen in yeah oh and then listeners for those of you that were here the last two weeks and mo you missed it but we have a new um aspect of the show it's called petard trivia what's what is this you just ask a question about the pilot it's it's a series of trivia questions closely mostly related to the pilot oh so study up and be prepared next week and you could be the number one contender i i I would really love to get the the championship the belt back in the you know pilots and petards team which pilot would it be for batman beyond okay i see i see so we're skipping this week yeah we're gonna skip this week because we don't have any contestants i mean we have one contestant i guess i could have just given you the quiz and you just could have won (laughs) <laughs> number one contender Mo. <laughs> me versus me yeah <laughs> <laughs> i see i see so then we'll take turns fighting for it yeah and gotcha. hopefully we can get you know hopefully we can get get her back on soon yeah and take her down all right all right so be prepared next week it's you versus oh, drew up. okay yep oh crap drew probably already knows everything about batman Listen to uh, the new show once it hits. Okay. And then and then you'll see the unorthodoxness of these questions. Okay. All right. I'm All right. excited. All right. So, listeners, show's over. Officially, officially over now. Every day we hoistlin', Jimbo out. Every day we hoistlin', Mo out. <laughs>